Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pigskin Pundits on this Wednesday, February 22nd, 2017, Buffalo Bills edition on Blog Talk Radio. I am Mark Ferraro, pleased to be joined, as always, by my good buddy, Thomas Murphy, the Murph dog himself. And, of course, if we're going to do a show about the Buffalo Bills, Tom's got to be here, Mr. Bills Mafia himself. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, it's been a week and a half without football, uh, missing it already, but, you know, hey, it's still good, to, uh, still good to talk about it, you know, with me and you, football's year-round, so. Absolutely. No question about it. So let's kick it off, Tom, with your Buffalo Bills last year, 7-9, and it resulted in the firing of Rex Ryan after two seasons. But there's a new sheriff in town in Buffalo, and his name, Tom, is Sean McDermott. Yeah, pretty excited to have him. Apparently, you know, uh, in uh, at the end of 2006, uh, at the end of the 2016 regular season, he was a name that everybody was uh, everybody was saying could be uh, a head coach of a team. However, uh, you know, they went to Carolina, went to the Super Bowl, and a lot of teams really like to lock their head coach down before, uh, you know, before the end of the playoffs. So he didn't, he stayed with Carolina one more year. Didn't make the playoffs this year, but uh, yeah, he's uh, has a lot of high praise from a lot of coaches uh, that he's played under, including uh, one of my favorites of all time, Andy Reid. So very excited to have him, and hopefully he can uh, become a legend in his own right. Yeah, Tom, and we'll talk about what this means for the defense. But now that McDermott is in, is out, the whole scheme is going to change in Buffalo because you're moving to a 4-3 as opposed to a 3-4. It absolutely does change things. And uh, the Bills were actually most – the last time their defense was, uh, you know, in the top five, actually even number one at a certain point – was in 2014 when we ran the 4-3 under Jim Schwartz. Uh, you know, it's, we're going to have to mix up a few things. It's funny, we are completely loaded at inside linebacker right now. Uh, you know, it's going to be going to be kind of hard to find a spot for all these players like Zach Brown, uh, Preston Brown, and Reggie Ragland, the rookie who sat out all of last year with uh with an ACL but he's hopefully going to come back uh 100% healthy and uh yeah we're going to have to find some room for all of these uh folks in the middle and maybe even find somebody to uh plug in on the uh defensive line too. Now Tom, I think the one thing that you have to appreciate with Sean McDermott as of right now is what he's doing with his coaching staff because he's bringing in a lot of guys who have experience whether you talk about leisure Frazier, the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, to be your defensive coordinator, or ex-Broncos offensive coordinator, Rick Dennison. Yeah, no, I was very, uh, very pleased with both of those hirings. Uh, yeah, Leslie Frazier, who used to be a, uh, uh, was actually the head coach of Minnesota for a while, but was actually very well known as a uh, one of the top defensive coordinators in his uh during his time, uh, and also uh, Rick's, uh, Rick Dennison uh, actually worked with Tyrod Taylor when he was the quarterback's mm-hmm. coach in uh, in Baltimore. So it'll be nice to, uh, yeah, have somebody familiar with uh, Tyrod. And, uh, yeah, it's, it'll, be, it'll be quite an adjustment because I know uh, 
you know, the Anthony Lynn offense was very effective last year where pretty much all we did was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So uh, I imagine we'll still find a way to run the ball uh, again, but hopefully uh, improve this passing game. That's kind of uh, been an issue for us the past few seasons. Now, Tom, that was a perfect segue into our next segment right here because you you mentioned Rick Dennison and his connection to Tyrod Taylor back in 2014. So we might as well talk about the biggest question mark for the Buffalo Bills going into this offseason, and that is what are they going to do with Tyrod Taylor? Will they pick up his option? If they do, Tom, that's $30 million guaranteed over the next two seasons for your starting quarterback. So it's a two-way question for Rain. Number one, what do you want the Bills to do, which I think I know the answer to that, but what do you ultimately <laughs> think they will do? Yeah, um, uh, as you know, because we, you know, we talk to each other quite a bit during the weeks, uh, you know, uh, year-round, uh, you know that I am a huge Tyrod Taylor fan, and, uh, <clears throat> and especially since Buffalo has not had a decent quarterback before him since I would probably say Doug Flutie. Uh, yeah, maybe, you know, Drew Bledsoe had talent, but I don't know. Uh, I think Tyrod is the best quarterback we've had since Doug Flutie, and uh, it's been something we've miss- been missing. And you, you know for like the last uh, month and a half since – after week 16 when all of these questions arose it's been driving me nuts because i just do not understand how anybody the organization or the fan or, or even some of the fans in buffalo would want to see us not sign tyrod taylor uh i mean the guys made the pro bowl you know two seasons in a row of course he has his flaws you know sometimes he he does not see the open receiver down the field, and he has uh, <clears throat> not the most accurate passer. He's actually pretty good down the field, but, uh, you know, just sometimes messes up. He's just, you know, he's not an elite quarterback, but I think he's in the upper, I think he's in the upper echelon of, like, the top half, uh, considering what he can do on his feet and, you know, uh, his ability, like, his uh, uh, pension for not making mistakes. Uh, I just... I, you know, when you have a quarterback like that, I, I say it all the time, you probably hear me, there are not 32 Tom Brady's in the NFL. So when you have a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, it's an absolute gift. And I think we need to lock him up. The uh, Considering what a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL are making right now, I don't think his contract is out of the question. It may need a little restructuring, but as you know, and Tyrod's not willing to take a pay cut, which I don't blame him at all. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm very, very, very much hoping we re-sign him. Now, before I forget, let me just throw this in here. According to OverTheCap.com, the last time I checked, the Buffalo Bills have $20 million in cap space. So that's not too bad as opposed to other teams. But when you mentioned Tyrod Taylor, Tom, okay, the last two seasons, okay, total touchdowns, 47 as opposed to 12 interceptions. So that tells me this guy is far from the problem in Buffalo. And, Tom, how many times have we documented on this show and off the air all the options that are available in free agency? They're really not that great. Tyrod Taylor would probably be the best of the bunch. So if you're the Bills, how can you not bring this guy back? Because are you going to bring in someone like Jay Culler? No way. Brian Hoyer? I mean, come on. Those names Tom don't want. He doesn't want any of that. He doesn't want a rookie quarterback. He don't want to go in that direction again. So the best thing for the Bills 
would be to pick up that option. I believe the date is March 11th. And, Tom, bring this guy back as your quarterback because the worst thing for Tom would be if the Bills sign Jay Cutler and Tyrod Taylor ends up in a green and white uniform. Uh, yes, that was, uh, you know, I did, I very briefly saw that online. I think it was on Bleacher Report. Uh, I haven't seen it since, but they, they suggested that the Bills would bring in Jay Cutler and, uh, you know, the Jets would get Tyrod Taylor, which would pretty much make me sob for, you know, the entire off season. But, uh, you know, yeah, that I, was you me, Tom. Like I, I wrote that article. That was me. That was you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt yep. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think. I think so many teams would be so happy to have Tyrod Taylor. Uh, my buddy out in uh, Colorado, who's a big Chiefs fan, he even said. Uh, he even said he he loves Alex Smith, but he said he would even take Tyrod Taylor over Alex Smith. I think a lot because they're they're kind of similar styles, and Tyrod's younger and much better on his feet. But uh, yeah, I just uh, you know. A few other uh, quarterbacks have uh, been thrown around as possibly being available during free agency. Uh, mentioned them before the show, Nick Foles and A.J. McCarron. Uh, you know, those, are, those might actually be good options to pick up as backups because the Bills are still going to need a backup. Uh, but, yeah, I just, uh, you know, you mentioned the free agents. Tyrod would be the probably the best of the bunch, and I just don't understand how anyone would uh, want to uh, – would would want to get rid of him, I think, especially considering what the draft options are this year. Yeah, and it's not sexy names. I mean, obviously, we know about Deshaun Watson. We know about Trubinsky, Kaiser, and now this quarterback, Pat Mahomes, who seems to be rising up draft boards as we get closer to that date in April. But as you mentioned, Tom, you're going to need a quarterback regardless because E.J. Manuel is a free agent. He will not be back, and it's obviously disappointing that it never turned out right for him, considering that he was a first-round pick a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I tried to champion him for uh, so many years, and it just wasn't uh, just wasn't meant to be. You know, he did. He had a few moments, but you know, most quarterbacks do have their uh, moments. But like when he was, you know, when EJ was bad, it was legendary. It was almost on the uh, almost on like the Geno Smith bad uh, level when. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but like, like, but also Gino had some flashes of brilliance. I mean, there were some plays where EJ would, EJ would throw to an open receiver and overthrow him by like 10 yards. And it was just, it was just like, just jaw dropping how inaccurate he could be. And uh, yeah, he proved he couldn't win. I wish him the best of luck. I don't even know uh, what his options in a free agency will be. Maybe a very desperate team will sign him as a backup, but uh just uh, that 2013 draft in general was just not good for anybody. I don't think any of those, any of the quarterbacks taken at all are starting on any team. So <clears throat> it was just a bad year for drafts. And uh, yeah, we're going to need, uh, we're going to eventually need two quarterbacks. So, I mean, picking up a quarterback to go along with Tyrod Taylor, like I said, is definitely a uh, option to think about. Yeah, Tom, and we can't forget about the third quarterback on the depth chart right now, and that's the rookie from last season out of the Ohio State, Mr. Cardell Jones, who saw some action in Week 17 against my Jets. Uh, yeah, you know, and there's no uh, – it's way too early to us, you know, really say anything about his potential. Uh, yeah, he came in in that, uh, in that last uh, 
last game against the Jets. Definitely looked better than EJ, but that just wasn't saying much. Obviously, Cardale's not ready to uh, – I saw one article suggesting that he may be the week one starter, and I was like, come on, that would just be – that would just be suicide for the season for the Bills. They, uh, he's just absolutely not ready. I think he has the potential to be good, but it's way too early to say either way. Yeah, it is, and it's too much to ask for. I think for the Buffalo Bills, especially with a rookie quarter, a rookie head coach, to come into next season and say, "Here you go, Carl Jones. You have the keys. You're going to be the quarterback from day one." I highly, highly doubt that. So basically, Tom, in conclusion, we both think that the Buffalo Bills will end up picking up that option for Tyrod Taylor before March 11th. Yeah, and it's starting to look a little more like that. Of course, I will not be uh, relieved until it actually happens, but it's a few weeks, uh, just a few weeks from now, and it'll probably happen just uh, about a week before uh, I actually go to Buffalo uh, to go for the NCAA tournament. So hopefully there'll be some uh, reason to celebrate some more reason to celebrate when I'm in Buffalo next month. That's right, Tom. We can't forget about that because if people don't know, Mr. Murphy goes every year to see some of the games at the tournament, and you're going to be in Buffalo, man. Great as that, especially with the news that Tyrod Taylor could possibly be back when you're there, man. I mean, what, what more do you want? I know. It could be it could be amazing, but then it could also be solemn if the uh, if uh, the Bills shock us both and uh, go in another direction. But I'm hoping uh, – I have to think that they know that this is the best option to do and also that, uh, you know, spending spending the money uh, – people are talking about the money, and the money should be no issue because just considering what a lot of other quarterbacks are making around the NFL, I think we're getting a, we're getting a pretty good bargain with Tyrod. Oh, absolutely. And every time people are going to mention that – Look at what other quarterbacks are making, Tom. Basically, they're referring to the Texans quarterback, Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah. He's always – he's kind of the standard of, uh, you know, getting overpaid. I mean, he's he's earning $18 million a year. Uh, and despite the Texans making the playoffs last year, we can't forget that. Uh, his numbers and his play on the field most certainly did not reflect that. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. And we saw back in that playoff game – Against the Patriots, that first half, they were looking pretty good. But what was the main reason why everything fell apart in the second half? Oh, yeah, Brock Osweiler threw three interceptions, and that was pretty much it. Game over, and as they say, the rest is his history. Again, you're listening to the Pigskin Pundits on Block Talk Radio. I'm Mark Ferraro. He's Thomas Murphy. We have the Murph Dog here, the Bills Mafia. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills and all their offseason plans. So we talked about Tyrod Taylor, but Tom, the question is, if he is back with the team, which we think he will be, who is he going to throw the one of the biggest area of need for the Buffalo Bills will be receiver because, unfortunately, you can't trust your number one guy, Timmy Watkins, because he is always banged up. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's been uh, very much at uh an issue of malcontent with the Bills the past uh, few years. Well, Sammy Watkins, while on the field, is one of the most electric receivers, uh, very extremely entertaining to watch and highly productive when he's on the field. Uh, it's probably, you know, it's almost been 40% of the, his time with Buffalo. He has not been on the field. And it's just, it's very frustrating because once he's gone, they're 
just hasn't been much. Uh, like Robert Woods was our number two, often number one when he was out. So, and he's up for free agency. I'm pretty sure we're not going to be bringing him back. He's just not worth that. He just hasn't panned out and can prove. Just don't think he's a starting wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, and then we got the speedster Marquise Goodwin. He's also a free agent. Uh, you know, some team will probably be pick him up. He's, you know, just very much a situational guy. Uh, and that just leaves us after Sammy Watkins, it leaves us with uh, Colby Listenby, a sixth round pick from last year who did not even see the field uh, because of injuries again. And former Jet Walt Powell, who uh, I just don't think is cut out to be a wide receiver in the NFL. So, yeah, we uh, with this upcoming draft, uh, we may end up drafting two wide receivers probably early and late and possibly pick up a uh, free agent along the way. Yeah, I think you have to. I think if you're the Bills, you got to sign a couple guys because, as you mentioned, not to say you would have brought back any of those guys, whether it's Robert Woods, Goodwin or Justin Hunter, but you need all the depth you can get, especially when your number one guy always seems to get hurt. And Tom, there's some pretty good options out there in free agency. Obviously, you have the big guy, Alshon Jeffrey. You got Pierre Garcon, who will be available, Deshaun Jackson. And one guy who did pretty well for the Rams last season, and that's the ex Ruckner's receiver, Kenny Brett. Yeah, no, Kenny Britt uh, has definitely been a name uh, kind of linked to the Bills. Definitely had a breakout season last year. Uh, and if he could and if he could have that season with the Rams quarterbacks last year, he could probably do uh, well for us. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, obviously the name that sticks out I would love to grab is Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, you know, he's definitely in his early 30s now, and uh, but uh, still shows some flashes of being a uh, – very productive receiver. Uh, I know he would cost a pretty penny, but I would just love to see him come to Buffalo. I think that could make, uh, with him and Sammy Watkins healthy on the field, I think that could just make uh, uh, every single Sunday very, very exciting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and it will be interesting to see for the Redskins for one second what they will do in terms of the wide receiver position because they're not going to be able to sign Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson while paying Kirk Cousins probably $20 million because, once again, it looks like he's going to accept the franchise tag for a second consecutive season. Yeah, it'll be hard to pay all three of those guys. So, yeah, definitely one of those wide receivers will be flying the coop, and uh, they'll probably be hoping that their first-round draft pick, Josh Doxson, uh, you know, is able to step up to the plate. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, no, it's uh, – would be it would be very exciting to get one of those two guys. I mean, I would imagine that the Reds that the uh, Redskins would probably uh, stick with uh, Garcon, maybe because he's a little younger. But uh, you know, who knows what uh, their thinking will be? But uh, yeah, I mean, it would just be great to uh, you know pick up uh, one of those wide receivers. There's also another name uh, that wasn't mentioned. I mean, of course, there's a lot of uh, free agents out there, but uh, Kenny Kenny Stills from Miami. Also, a free agent who, uh, you know, did have some moments in Miami, and definitely was a uh, always a uh, fantasy uh, prospect uh, when he was with the New Orleans Saints with uh, Drew Brees throwing to him. Oh no, he was. Hey, listen, Kenny still a couple times last season. He had some big games. He was a guy who always was like a touchdown maker for 
the Miami Dolphins last year, he actually had nine touchdowns, Tom, only 42 catches. So he's a guy out there as well. He's only 24 years old. So you might have to pay him a little bit because of his age. But this is a guy in the past seasons, Tom, who has scored many touchdowns. So another guy who's out there in free agency. I think one position, Tom, we don't have to worry about for the Buffalo Bills, and that is the running pack position with LaShawn McCoy. But who will protect him on that offensive line? I think it's safe to say that center and the left side is fine. The Bills, Tom, have to focus on that right side. Uh, yeah, especially uh, the right uh, right tackle. Uh, uh, Second-year guard John Miller at right guard last year actually made some huge strides. There's still some room for improvement, but, uh, you know, he was very solid. Uh, sometimes a good, a good sign of a, a great uh, offensive lineman during the season is if you do not hear his name that often, uh, which we did not last year. You know, he wasn't uh, – he wasn't missing too many uh missing too many blocks and he wasn't uh you know called for too many penalties so that was definitely a uh good sign however uh the majority of right tackle last year was held by Jordan Mills who was an unmitigated disaster and uh yeah he definitely needs to go uh you know the other uh the other option Cyrus Quanjo who uh played a little bit last year and actually looked uh Looked like he had made some huge strides after almost being considered a second-round bust, uh, you know, back in 2015 or 2014. Sorry, uh, definitely made some strides and looked like he could be a serviceable uh, lineman in the NFL. Uh, and obviously, Chantrell Henderson, who is suffering from Crohn's disease, just have no idea what his uh, what his status is going to be, uh, you know, for the rest of his career. So uh, yeah, grabbing a uh, offensive offensive tackle somewhere in free agency or uh, in the first three rounds of the draft is definitely uh, probably a, a very much a concern for the Bills. Yeah, Tom, and I think most of the mock drafts that I have looked at so far, they, they really don't have a big-time offensive lineman, let's say, going in the top 10 or top 15. Yeah, it's not like most years. I mean, the value of offensive linemen is completely skyrocketed. But, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem uh, – seems like there's kind of a few question marks around some of the uh, the big names in this year's draft. Uh, the name I've been seeing a lot, Ryan Ramsick from uh, Wisconsin. I think it was only – he was a transfer from a small school or something, and he had one year with Wisconsin. I mean, he was pretty dominant, but – you know, usually coming out of college, you want some guy who's been doing it for a long time. If he's going to be making that leap from the NFL. And then uh, another guy whose name starting to uh, really jump up is uh, Forrest Lamp from uh, Western Kentucky, who was a uh, who was a tackle in college, but probably more suited for a guard in uh, the NFL. Uh, but yeah, definitely you may want you may want to be. Uh, take a shot on somebody in the third round as opposed to some of these in the first round that have big question marks. All right, so I'm going I'm to mark this name down. Forrest Lamp arguably could be one of the best names on draft day. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's uh, definitely uh, – yeah, def- I definitely noticed that too. It would be uh, be fun to draft just for the name. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the question marks make it a little bit uh, – suspect but you know uh, a lot's going to change once the combine comes around in a uh, in a week or so so a lot of these guys will actually be able to uh, show what they're made of of course when we get to the combine which is coming up soon by the way at the end of the month 
always we see the stock rise, stock down, this and that. It's always a good time in how they televise the NFL Network, the Combine, every position. They don't forget one of them. Now, we talked about the biggest question on offense, which is Tyrod Taylor. Now we're going to switch to the defensive side, and arguably you can say the biggest guy out there for the Buffalo Bills in terms of whether or not they're going to meet his asking price, and that's the cornerback, Stephon Gilmore, who Tom said he wants to be paid like a top-five cornerback. The question is, do the Bills have some money left to meet his demands? Yeah, you know, this is a big thing. Uh, you know, he, this guy wants Josh Norman money. Uh, and last year, actually, Stephon Gilmore made his first Pro Bowl last year. Uh, I mean, as an alternate, but still, uh, you know, had five interceptions, a career high, and was good enough for, uh, you know, being in the cluster of the, uh, you know, top five. I mean, a lot of people were tied for, like, second and third uh, in interceptions. Uh so we definitely had some uh, great moments. It was one of those things when he was good. I've said this a lot this episode about players. When he was good last year, he was good. But when he was bad, he was absolutely one of the worst. Uh, in the first few weeks of the season, it almost seemed as if he was uh, like overly concerned about his contract and was just trying not to do much, do much to get hurt. He was getting burned constantly and uh, just didn't seem to have it. Uh, definitely stepped it up a little towards the end of the year. I just don't know if he's worth uh, the money that he uh, that he's asking for, and inevitably will probably get from another team. Yeah, Tom, that's what I think will eventually happen. I think he'll find another home in 2017 because if you look at the free agent list of every position coming up soon, probably one of the biggest strengths is cornerback. There are so many guys out there, whether it's Boye, Ryan, Gilmore, Johnson. There's so many guys out there that they're going to get a ton of money, and I think Gilmore obviously falls into that category. And, Tom, it might happen because you mentioned in some of the mock drafts they have Marshawn Lattimore, the cornerback from the Ohio State, falling to your bills at number 10. Yeah, you know, and there's just a – it's a very – it seems like every draft that there's a position that just seems to be very strong and that's going to be a huge run on. And this year it seems to be defensive back. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago it was wide receiver. Uh, you know, sometimes it's quarterback. In 2013 it was an offensive line, uh, you know, extravaganza. Uh, a lot of them turned out to be busts, which has kind of made uh, kind of devalued offensive line in the draft a little bit the past few years. But, uh, yeah, no, there's uh, – you know, uh, just a ton of good safeties out there and, uh, like, a lot of good cornerbacks. I mean, uh, and you'll see a lot of others' uh, stock rise. I mean, you may want to look out for Sidney Jones from Washington, who's uh, definitely a name out there, a guy who's all over the place. Uh, Tease Tabor, uh, also also real name Jalen, but uh, from Florida, he's – been, I've seen him go everywhere from five to early in the second round. So the combine will probably, uh, you know, kind of put his value uh, more, you know, more, uh, more certain uh, in the next few weeks. And you mentioned secondary, obviously the safety position we have to look at as well besides cornerback, because obviously you have the whole injury with Aaron Williams, who knows what his status will be with the neck and then Corey Graham's entering the last year of his contract. So uh, besides cornerback time, 
You also have to look at safety. Now, we know who Tom wants in a dream world. He'll be dancing in Buffalo if somehow they landed Eric Berry. Well, unlikely, he'll probably go back to the Chiefs, but you never know. So we'll talk about the safety position in terms of Williams, Tom, with his injury, and then Corey Graham entering the last year of his deal. Yeah, you know, Corey Graham, he's just been, uh, you know, he's been solid for us. He hasn't been anything extravagant, but he's, uh, you know, he's been serviceable, you know, he's uh, kind of gotten the job, gotten the job done, uh, kind of, uh, you know, but uh, like, uh, you know, safety's just been, it was an issue for us last year. I mean, I'm actually, uh, this is terrible. I'm actually blanking on who else was uh safety last year. We had cut Duke Williams. It is going to come to me. I'm just, I don't know, maybe it's too early in the morning and I just can't think of, uh, who was lining up that safety besides, uh, besides him. But, um, yeah, uh, there's, uh, you know, I remember, uh, a few years ago drafting a safety in the top, in the top 10 was just completely out of the question. And this year, uh, you know, like uh, there's two that are probably going to be gone before the bills pick at number 10. That's Malik hooker and uh, Jalen, uh, Jalen, uh, Jamal Adams out of LSU. But um, yeah, I mean, actually pretty much like, you know, players like Eric Berry have completely skyrocketed uh, the value of uh, safeties in the draft. And yeah, I would love to get Eric Berry. I don't think it's going to happen. The Chiefs would be wise to lock him up to a deal, not franchise him, because I know that's going to be a very uh, serious issue of uh, uh, discontent with uh, Eric Berry if he gets the franchise tag for a second year in a row. Nobody wants that because he could get a long-term long-term deal with pretty much any team in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, we could definitely – safety and cornerback is uh, definitely a huge uh, area of concern for us. Now, Tom, last year at the safety position, didn't you have James Ahedabo? Yes, yes, we did, just for a little bit towards the end of the season. That's not the name that's escaping me. And uh, it's like I said, it's going to come to me. I mean, we did kind of have a revolving door around safety. Uh, Ahedabo uh, just came in for a few times. He uh, maybe started a few games but was never, um, you know, never started. Uh, Yeah, and just wasn't – was not extremely effective, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he probably won't be coming back and, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna drive me nuts to, uh, Oh, Robert Blanton. There we go. Uh, that's how, that's how memorable he was. Robert Blanton, uh, was a safety for us for a few games last year. Just, uh, was supposed to be a depth guy, but after the injury to Williams, just, uh, yeah, wasn't able to do it. So yeah, safety is considering I, I'm obsessed with the Bills. Could uh, the name could not come to me right away? That just says how much the safety position is, uh, how badly we need the safety position. Now we're going to get to two guys, Tom, on the defensive side of the ball who were big time bargains last season, and that will easily not be the case coming up in free agency. The two linebackers themselves, Lorenzo Alexander and Zach Brown, who both made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We uh, um, actually, they're they're uh, 
their emergence last year is probably a reason we will not get a com- a compensatory pick in the draft uh, as we were expecting because uh, we weren't, ex- you know, they were supposed to be drafted as depth guys and they ended up making the Pro Bowl. Uh, I mean, Alexander was one of the great stories in the NFL last season, uh, you know, uh, and I know he wants to stay in Buffalo, so that'll be uh, nice because we do have to remember he will be 34 this season, which, uh, you know, and after one spectacular season like he had last year, it's just a little questionable if he'll be able to match that, but definitely worth uh, the chance. You can't uh, knock this guy's effort and passion. And uh, Zach Brown mentioned before the show, he could be a uh, potential uh uh, potential for the franchise tag because um, he m- will probably get a much bigger contract than he was getting this past year. Uh, like the season he had, he was, I think, second in the NFL in tackle, second or third, and uh, was very – definitely had some uh, moments of being uh, of not so great uh, – I had a tendency to miss a few tackles, but uh, for the most part was just an absolute animal. And uh, in our shutout against the uh, Brady-less Patriots in week four, became was uh, defensive player of the year that uh, defensive player of the week that uh, particular week. And uh, pretty much every Patriots fan was very well aware who Zach Brown was after that game. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, you talked about the numbers, man, and they just jump off the charts with Lorenzo Alexander. Twelve and a half sacks, 68 tackles, 22 quarterback hits, and then for Zach Brown, 149 tackles. I think of the two, you're probably going to see more Alexander leave and get maybe a last big-time contract of his career, the first one of his career pretty much. And with Zach Brown, a little more younger time, He's 27. I can easily see the Bills re-upping with him and letting Alexander go and letting some team give him a multi-year deal. Uh, Yeah, you know, and uh, also Zach Brown might be a little more fitted for the – here's if he's a little more fitted for the 4-3 as, uh, you know, as we'll be running this year because as much as – uh, Bills fans as and myself are very excited to see Ragland. He was drafted by Rex Ryan to be a part of the 3-4. So, uh, well, I think Ragland will be able to adjust. He says he's ready for the adjustment and can do uh, pretty much anything. Uh, it would be it would be nice to still have uh, Zach Brown there and uh, almost the odd guy out of the equation with middle linebackers Preston Brown, our 2015 uh, uh, third third round pick. Uh, just um just kind of hasn't, uh, um, you know, after a great rookie year, actually in 2014, it's just kind of uh, regressed a little bit. And I think he just did not, uh, um, he blamed it a lot on Rex Ryan's system. He just never adapted to it. So maybe he can have a resurgence uh, in 2017. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned Reggie Ragland. How can we forget about the second round pick? in the 2016 NFL draft from Alabama who missed all of last season with an ACL injury. And then as well, your first-round pick out of Clemson, Shaq Lawson, two young guys expecting a lot out of. Oh, absolutely. You know, and Shaq Lawson didn't, uh, you know, kind of started to get lost a little uh, towards the end of – end of the season there, but um, definitely showed some signs of promise. I think finished the season with two and a half sacks uh, out of the 10 games he played and uh, definitely expecting a lot more out of him. 
uh, you know, hopefully we'll, they'll be able to find uh, something for him in this, uh, in this new scheme. And, uh, but yeah, I think uh, the sky's the limit for Shaq Lawson and uh, a healthy year two will really show what he's made of. Now we talked a little bit about the NFL draft and how the bills have the 10 pick. And we want to talk about some names that could be there for the bills at number 10. I think most of the mock drafts that I have seen so far actually have the bills taking a quarterback, which means that they disagree with our prediction as far as Tyrod Taylor is concerned, because I have seen some quarterback Pat Mahomes from Texas tech. I have seen his name in a mock draft as well. So Tom, I know you're big about watching tape on these prospects, especially the quarterback position. So I know between the not, by the time we get to the draft, you're going to be watching a lot of film on all these guys, whether it's Trubinsky, Watts, 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 Kaiser, and now Mahomes. Yeah, I definitely will be watching a lot of tape on them. I have, uh, you know, I've definitely seen enough of Watson just uh, because Clemson was always on TV. Uh, and while I think he was a great college quarterback, I'm just not so sure of how the transition to the NFL will do for him. You know, I have been wrong before, but, uh, you know, I'm just not so sure. And I watched a highlight reel of Mitch Trubisky and just was, uh, you know, I mean, granted, a highlight reel is supposed to make somebody look good. I just wasn't overly impressed Uh you know, I don't see – he's only really had one full college year, and I just don't see what the big deal is. I think this is just a weak quarterback class, and people are uh, – you know, it, that can usually uh, rise some stock. But, you know, I'm hoping in a couple of weeks that I'm not even thinking about a quarterback at uh, number 10. But if something falls through with this Tyrod deal, uh, yep, I'm going to be definitely looking at uh, all of these quarterbacks and just hoping for the best. Oh, yeah, that's all you can hope for. But, hey, we talked about quarterbacks. We talked about Lattimore, the cornerback from the Ohio State. But what about if the Bills went offense with that first pick, 10th overall, another weapon for Tyrod Taylor? How about someone to pair with Sammy Watkins out of Clemson? And that's another receiver who is named Mike Williams. Yeah, I know. I don't know where why uh, all of these receivers are named Mike Williams the past few years. But, uh, yeah, Mike Williams seems to be the number one option uh, at number 10. I've seen him mocked quite a few times. I just have a feeling if he's the number one uh, wide receiver out there that uh, somebody will probably snag him up early or somebody might make a move uh, to jump up before number 10 to pick him if he's still available. Uh, and this year, I you know, I've seen Corey Davis uh, – his name, a wide receiver out of Western Michigan, who's had uh, just some phenomenal numbers, and uh, a lot of a lot of people are really in love with him. Those seem to be the only two that are maybe top ten worthy. A uh, wide receiver that I absolutely love, uh, but if the Bills grabbed him, I'd hope they would trade down for him. Is uh, John Ross out of uh, Washington? He's a little on the small side, I think, at five ten, but uh, man, his uh, you know watching this guy's tape, he's just. Uh, extremely exciting and uh, kind of reminds you of an old Odell Beckham, just makes some spectacular grabs, uh, just tremendous speed. And uh, yeah, if we were able to trade down, get another pick and maybe pick up John Ross, I would, I would absolutely love that. That would be my dream scenario. Yeah. And what about the possibility of the bills trading down for a tight end? Now, listen, I know you have Charles Clay, 
But one guy whose name has been up there in terms of a first-round selection, and that is the tight end from Alabama, O.J. Howard, who's a guy. Maybe Tom, the Bills, decide to trade down, get some more draft picks, and maybe try to pair up someone with Charles Clay. Yeah, you know, I mean, Charles Clay's been uh, pretty serviceable. Um, obviously overpaid in 2015 uh, for the production he's had for the Bills. Just, uh, you know, some games, I think I've said it a lot, some games you just uh, you forget that he's even on the Bills because he's just not found, but then he can make a spectacular play where you're like, oh, that's why we paid him so much. But uh, And the thing is, we're going to have Charles Clay for pretty much ever because we this contract we we absolutely cannot get out of it. So we're probably, uh, you know, he's good enough that we're not just going to take the hit. So he'll be a tight end for a while. Um, I would absolutely love a player like OJ Howard. Uh, however, I'm actually wondering if uh, the situation seems right. If we just take him at 10, there uh, a hmm. lot of pundits are, uh, are predicting that after the combine, this guy's stock is just going to skyrocket. Uh, Cause they're saying he's one of those can't miss tight ends that, uh, you know, everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna be, everybody's gonna want kind of uh, probably even more so than uh, Eric Ebron a couple of years ago, who actually finally started to uh, come into his own as an NFL player this past year. Yeah, I was gonna say that that I haven't seen a tight end possibly go this high since Ebron did a couple of years ago to the Detroit Lions. And just going back to Mike Williams for one second, maybe we can see him go as high as number five. Because let's not forget, the Tennessee Titans have the Rams' first pick in the first round, fifth overall. Never know, Tom. They get some more weapons from Marcus Mayota. They might want to pair him up with Rashad Matthews, who had a nice season for the Titans a year ago. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's the thing with uh, those two picks for the Titans, who went 9-7 and seven last year, having a fifth-round pick, fifth, fifth overall pick, and the 18th overall pick, they're just uh, – I mean, they're just in hog heaven there with uh, that because they, uh, you know, they could pick up a position of need, grab one of those safeties at number five. I'm sure they'd love that. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they could move up or down with that pick. So uh, it's going to be interesting what they do. And I've even seen O.J. Howard uh, mocked to the uh, Titans at 18, which seems uh, a little redundant since they have one of my favorite tight ends in the NFL, Delaney Walker. But uh, definitely a difference. Uh, one thing I was very surprised, I never knew about Delaney Walker because he plays so big. He's only six feet tall, which is still like mm. not, uh, not small. But for a tight end, I don't think I've ever remember a tight end that was that uh, short. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. And he's a guy who is not appreciated um, enough, as you mentioned, very underrated, especially when we talk about fantasy. The guy is consistent. He puts up number after number after number. He is that good. And even Tom had him last season, and Tom will even say for himself that that guy was so productive for his team the entire season. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, there's even a possibility I may actually put the K next to his name for uh, uh-huh. keeper uh, when the draft comes around. Just, uh, you know, just because there weren't aren't too many, uh, like, bona fide keepers on my team but you know at the tight end position there's only a there's only a small handful of tight ends that are really productive and he is most certainly one of them well Tom my man as always thank you so much for joining me on the program this morning talking about your Buffalo Bills we did a very good job breaking down all the key areas of interest 
We'll definitely keep in touch during the week. Next week, it will be the New York Jets and a lot of uh, stories coming out with Darrell Revis. So of course, we'll get into that. And if time, we can't forget about our fantasy baseball draft, which is pretty much one month away, man. I can't wait. Oh, I know. That's going to be so much fun, man. So much, uh, so much going on in the next few months. Absolutely. But, Tom, my man, thanks again for joining me on the program. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. Just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark F. Ferraro. Murphy is at Murphy TV. Thanks for listening to the program. You don't know how much we appreciate it every single week. And as always, don't forget to tune in next time to the Pigskin Pundits with your hosts, Mark Ferraro and Thomas Murphy, only on Block Talk Radio.